don't force a reincarnation on a player unless it's Shane and Ishin is doing it. Dangerous Air Temple in New York City. I'm your host Shane. And I'm your host Ishan. And welcome to episode 214 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours. In this episode, we're talking about how to deal with coming back from the dead as a different person. But first, the rogue traders advance Imperium Xenos relations in the Dynasty Unwarranted campaign. And later, the Bodhisattva leads others to enlightenment, or at least multiple deaths, in the Character Creation Forge. Total Party Thrill is brought to you this week by the artisans at Elderwood Academy. At Elderwood Academy, they craft amazing gaming products including dice towers, dice trays, dice boxes, deck boxes, dice, and more. All products are crafted to look like spellbooks, scroll cases, codices, and other awesome fantasy gear that we love. We mentioned this on the Gen Con episode, but uh, I would still love to get my hands on some of those mini dice in the test tube. Yes, 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 yes. The mini dice, I like. I feel like mini dice are the dice you lose all the time. But when they come in that little test tube, I love them so much because you can see exactly <laughs> how many are supposed to be in there. Yeah, it's like I want to. I just want to decorate with the test tube. I want to roll like maybe some of their like uh, metal dice or gemstone dice. It's like a tiny Yahtzee cup, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> just gonna hold on. I'm, I'm refilling this. I'm, I'm gonna roll. It's got that adorable little cork stopper, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) And it comes with a cool little stand, so if you really want, you can display it on like a bookshelf. I mean, I know that's where everyone puts like their Funko Pops and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I like rolling up to the convention and I pull out my little stand with my mini dice and I'm like, I don't use these. Like, this is a a break in emergencies only. Yeah, (laughs) like literally. (laughs) Just going to grab it by the cork and smash it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, And also those fit in their... um, in the mini hex chest as well, so you can bring them along on a keychain if you would prefer not having them in a test tube. Can we get a test tube on a keychain? Uh, I, You know what? I'll submit product feedback. Nice. All right, so listeners, you can find that product and many more at elderwoodacademy.com slash don't split. Uh, we also got some news, uh, more information on the hardback Wizards of the Coast Eberron sourcebook, which will be called Eberron Rising from the Last War. So, first first bit of news that is most important. Apparently, the art that got leaked is not the art. Whew. Well, uh-huh. there were two pieces of art. One was not great. One was one, very good. Yeah. Uh, it, it turned out, so, allegedly, right, the uh, the art that was on the standard cover was a placeholder. Um, I wonder if that wasn't a quick pivot after it was so universally panned. Right. I mean, they said it was a placeholder of internal art, like, book... Uh, Art that is going to be in the book, but they which were just is, which using is fine. as the cover. But like, it was not that good to be in any case, you know? It, it, it would have been fine in the context of, like, a page. Or, right? like, here are what races in Eberron look like. Sure. Right, because it's yeah. just, like, people's faces, I guess. Oh, and it could have been overlaid, right? Like, I mean, you, you don't know necessarily if that was all one piece or there were three pieces that were just overlaid each other or whatever. But regardless, I mean... That aside, we learned some actual important things about the contents of the book, too, other than just the covers. Right. I think 
positive and negative stuff, we're going to get an official final artificer. It only has three subclasses, so there's a lot of speculation right now about which one of the four that have been released are going to be removed. Apparently, the Alchemist was the lowest scoring in the survey results that Wizards of the Coast put out in, I think, April. Um, so people are saying maybe that's the one that's getting cut, but also that's the one that's sort of like the the baseline artificer, and an Alchemist is like a pretty common archetype for fantasy in general. Right, yeah. It seems it seems weird that the two like battle focused artificers would both be in there and not the sort of you know, magical ingenuity artificer. Right. So maybe the uh, battlesmith and the artillerist are gonna get combined into one. It's also possible the archivist is going to get cut and then released later, or maybe worked into some sort of like psionic subclass, because it feels a lot more like that. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Um I on the sort of bad front, it Sounds like we're going to get a lot of reprinted material from Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron along with some race write-ups from Volo's Guide, which means that we won't necessarily be getting a lot of new information. Uh, although, I mean, it is a, it's a long book, right? Like 320 pages? Yeah, it sounds like it's half source book, half adventure, um, which is fine, right? Like, you can reprint a little bit of source material if you're introducing new and fun source material through the adventure. Right. I mean, there's going to be the typical thing you always get in every Eberron, Eberron book, which is, hey, here's an adventure that begins in Sharn. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think this one is going into the Mornland, right? Uh, there is there is some Mornland information as well. And then I think like a, a Sharn Gazetteer and then information on Corvair. So we're not really going to get anything on like Argonus and Zendrick or, Sor- or Sarlona, which makes sense for the first, hopefully, first Eberron book we get, like official one in 5e. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll just have to wait and see how much actual like new material that we haven't seen before we're going to get and how much is going to be just be repurposed stuff that has already been out there or that has already been covered in the 3.5 and 4 ebooks. Uh, however, we will have a full review of the entire book and that should be out ideally before it's actually on shelves. Yeah, hope, hopefully we have been bumped up the list far enough this time that we can actually release reviews around release date instead of a couple weeks after we but. have been assured that's the case i guess we'll see yeah exactly maybe we rate now <laughs> all right but probably not <laughs> <laughs> all right so speaking of not rating shane where are we in the dynasty unwarranted campaign so the dynasty unwarranted campaign is our warhammer 40k rogue trader game played using dark heresy second edition rules by fantasy flight games And on the death world Iblis Prime, in the frontier city of Meridian, the rogue traders have set out to establish a colony in the name of the Holy Throne of Terra, and Prophet. Uh, how's that going for them? It feels like we've gotten a little bit sidetracked on the whole Prophet thing. You guys decided to pick a fight with those Technogangers, remember? And then you got access, uh, got admission into their league, and then you got real hyper-competitive about that. So, yeah, I mean, I guess technically you still have that mining operation that is just on the verge of turning a profit, finally, once it finally doesn't get bombed to smithereens again. Oh, yeah, that's just passive income. You're right, I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know. (laughs) We've kind of hooked up with a different kind of profit, though. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh, yes, a different spelling of profit, really. Uh, you have made contact with the organizer of the Technogangers League, uh, who was secretly an Eldar spirit seer of the craft world Eonden, uh, and she reveals that she wishes to use the Eldar souls trapped in the planet's world spirit to power her craft world's armies against the Tyranid High Fleet Leviathan. Cool, I understand all of those words. 
Mm-hmm. Well, th- and keep in mind, this is partially conversation with her and partially Echo's own research uh, into what would a spirit seer from Eon Dead possibly want with all of these souls. It's, oh, they use them to power their like wraith weapons. So they are fighting an existential threat, and uh, a group of Eldar has turned Amish on this planet and are not involved in the fight, and their souls are being wasted instead of being fuel, uh, like most Eldar souls. Uh, and so she's here to collect them, and we have been uh, charged with helping her do that. Well, you're being asked. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. <So. laughs> Hasn't she already made it quite clear she could rip our minds apart from, I don't know, light years distance? Uh, I mean, you did have to kind of volunteer a little bit. And really, what are our minds worth? (laughs) So, yeah, so she is seeking a nexus of power in order to commune and connect Iblis Prime's world spirit with um, the craft world, Eonden, so that she can siphon those souls out. Um, and what she is looking for to do that is the ancient burial ground of the Eldar Exodites. So the first location that they built their uh, their burial ground on the planet before they moved to the Cloud Barrens, um, which she believes is deep within the living jungle that surrounds Meridian, right? In fact, she believes that that is the reason that the jungle is living and is so dangerous, is that it has been like fueled by the world spirit to protect itself. Ah, see, now she is speaking our language because Mm -hmm. one thing we hate about this planet is that everything on it tries to kill us. (laughs) Yeah, one thing we hate is it's a death world. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So what you're saying is part of the reason that the jungle sucks so much is all of these Eldar souls? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And she wants to get rid of them? Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, so so she continues on, right? Because you're like, okay, so what's this whole leak thing then? What are you doing? And she's like, yeah, so the Technogangers are very simple-minded, and I've got them searching the jungle. They, in their own way, began idolizing the Archaeotech, but all I really care about is where are they searching and have they found the Barrows? Yeah, apparently the competition is an easy way to manipulate them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Turns out it's kind of an easy way to manipulate us. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> as, as it turns out, just monkey in general. <laughs> Competition, real simple. <laughs> uh, of course, once we realize this, we grow even more suspicious, wondering, is she continuing to manipulate us even now? I guess we'll find out next week. So this week, we are talking about reincarnation. Hey, if you want info on coming back from the dead and what that's like and how to do it and all the repercussions for your game and your players, uh, check out episode 196 because we did a whole episode on Resurrection. And instead today, we're going to talk about the more controversial effect, which is reincarnation. That is, um, you come back from the dead, but you don't come back in the same form or the same body that you thought you would. Yeah, I think for for gamers, it's traditionally had a bad rap as something that like bad GMs used to use to take away player agency, right? Like, ha ha ha, now you're a seal, sucker. Um, I mean, actually dope though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm like a war seal now, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, will, I would happily spend a session barking at the rest of the party. <laughs> But I think we've all like heard or read horror stories of like the GM who's like, oh, ho, ho, like, uh, you know, you're not a tough dwarf anymore. You're a loser elf and you're a lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that. Uh, is it a deserved reputation? Yeah, I think sometimes, but there are definitely ways to handle it in much better ways. Right. 
It's also like really common in a lot of the fiction that many of us love. So we're going to start by talking about how to incorporate reincarnation and the themes of past and future lives into your game in an interesting and meaningful way. All right. So what is reincarnation? Well, so many real world religions posit that a soul undergoes multiple incarnations, um, multiple lives on its journey to the afterlife, right? The life that you are living right now is not your first life, nor will it be your last life. Well, there's no way of knowing for sure whether or not it's your first or last, right? I think it depends on like the religious tradition when like a new soul is made or if new souls are made, right? I think I think some people think that like all the souls that are out there have already been made, although that doesn't really work with exponential population growth. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> or, it's 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 that heaven is emptying out at a rapid pace. <laughs> Maybe souls are being chopped up and like that that's why kids these days are way worse than when we that's, were young. Yeah, they're being chopped up by our iPhones. <laughs> or uh, fans, fans that we leave on overnight. Right? Right. Those are chopping up souls. Yeah, but the, the basic idea is like a past life that you lived determines or has a big influence on what happens in the life that you're living right now. And, you know, maybe that's because of some sort of like cosmic karma where someone is sort of keeping track of exactly like all the good or bad things that you did. In fiction, though, it's often a stand in for fate. You know, it's just uh, another thing that uh, causes the uh, main characters to be the main characters, right? Like the hero is the hero because they were a hero in a past life. Mm-hmm. You see, you see this in things like um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, right? The main character is the Avatar who is reborn every time they die into a new body. Yeah, the Wheel of Time did this with uh, with the dragon, right? Um, was it Bran? Yeah, Rand, Randall Thor. Rand. Uh, but I yeah. think, weren't there, uh, I think his companions as well also ended up being reincarnations of like past companions that he had, I think. Mm-hmm. Gandalf does this, right? <laughs> like when he's reborn as Gandalf the Grey. Right, he, uh, as the white, he gets new colors. Uh, whatever. <laughs> What's, well, so he gets all colors because he's white? That's garbage. <laughs> you know, poor Radagast just hanging out with his rabbits. You know, maybe those are reincarnated rabbits. This is my family. No, seriously. They rolled mm-hmm. poorly. Mm-hmm. These are war rabbits. Uh, it crosses genres too, right? Like the Matrix. Uh, right. Neo is the one and he's been reincarnated. What, this is like six, the sixth time? I, well, sure. <laughs> so, sorry for not being up to date on that canon. Hey, we're getting, the, we're getting a fourth Matrix movie. Great. With Keanu by uh, at least one Wachowski. When you, um, yeah, when you can project yourself in any form inside the Matrix, why would you choose to get 15 years older? <laughs> uh, it's like uh, Data in Star Trek. He chooses to age. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, but in games, no matter how it's used, reincarnation is almost always going to be subject to GM fiat. So, like, it's generally a plot device. Okay, so let's talk about some methods for reincarnation like what are the, what are the kind of the, the main ways that we do this all right so mechanically there's there's two kinds that might show up in your game first is the traditional or like religious way that is after a character dies the soul is reborn into a new baby and then they grow up again and eventually maybe realize that they had a past life at one point maybe even like have some memories of their past life the other one is the D spell uh, I'm sure it exists in other uh, game systems, but the like most common one is Dungeons and Dragons. It's changed a bit over the years. I think it's been around since like first edition. But basically, the soul of a dead person is reborn into a newly created adult body. 
Yeah, and I think whether you're playing D&D or any other game, right? Like the the main idea here is whatever is driving the reincarnation is are you reborn in such a fashion that you have to start from zero or are you reborn into a form that allows you to immediately pick up and and continue on? So in terms of how this plays out in game, there are a bunch of ways to do this. And the first one, probably the earliest one where it'll show up in your game is in backstory. Being someone who had a past life is a great reason for being an adventurer. It's also a great reason that the GM can use to explain why a particular character is caught up in the events of the story, right? This is happening to you now because this happened before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can also do this as like one member of the party or actually all members of the party, right? Like this, this entire party could just be reincarnated that have refound themselves, you know, uh, 60 years late. Well, no, probably not that long. Not a lot of 60 year old adventurers. Right. But, uh, it could be elves. <laughs> right. Yeah. But so like they have found, they had, they had adventured together once before and now they have come to, you know, retake that mantle. Yeah. Like I think, uh, a lot of, players can make a character who like used to have a, a past life i think this is kind of built into some races like asimar right like you you have different lives um right previously you were a, a deva and you're trying to avoid being reborn as a rakshasa um it's also kind of a kind of a quarry thing in eberron too like it's not strictly reincarnation but like the whole the whole combination of souls sort of has kind of a reincarnation vibe. Right. The quarry itself is reborn into multiple bodies uh, as like uh, their Kalashtar line can continues. Um, yeah. You, you deal with a lot of the same sort of issues and it opens up a lot of the same story possibilities, right? Like, right. like as the GM, it's just like, Hey, you had a past life. Cool. Either we'll decide that together or you'll give me a lot of information about it as part of your backstory or like, <laughs> I'm going to make up stuff and tell you what you remember. Right. Uh, and yeah, I like you can do the one character uh, who has that backstory and maybe it plays in or maybe it's just like a part of their own personal backstory, which like comes up in the way that they reflect on things. And, you know, maybe leveling up is them just remembering their past life. Right. Mm hmm. Uh, but yeah, you can do the entire party and, and that's a way to sort of pull everybody into what's happening. It could be that, you know, you are the reborn um, souls of like a, an adventuring party from thousands of years ago, right? Like the heroes of legend, right? You are um, Hercules and Aeolus. Well, you know, I choose not to be Aeolus, <laughs> but like you're Hercules and Odysseus and Achilles and, you know, all sort of like mm -hmm. back together again. And like, that's right. why you were drawn together in the first place. Yeah, the flip side is your party TPK'd, right, in yeah. their, in their <laughs> penultimate battle. <laughs> and and by some divine intervention were reincarnated rather than actually allowed to pass on. And now you have to take the mantle back up to go right the wrongs that you failed to fix last time. Yeah, this is the thing we talked about before where like, hey, maybe everyone TPKs and like the party loses, right? Maybe the story ends there with the bad guy winning and then you start a new campaign with new characters who are dealing with the repercussions of the previous party losing this makes it so that you can actually have the players attempt to really right the wrongs of their same characters because you know they are the same characters they just sort of get a second chance at this and you know they're kind of rebooted right yeah so the dwarf becomes an elf you know rebooted right yeah <laughs> uh legolas and gimli switch yeah <laughs> I feel like I can really think, see things from your perspective. That's because you're shorter. Mm -hmm. 
this can also like mechanically be used as an explanation for why a PC doesn't fit a traditional archetype for something that they might want to play. Uh, so if you have a human who was raised by dwarves or is living with dwarves, it could just be that they used to be a dwarf. They were born a dwarf and they were killed and they were reincarnated and now it turns out they're a human. Yeah, you can also do that. It's not as big of a problem in 5th edition, um, I guess, except for the Bladesinger, which does have an actual racial requirement for its class. But like, you could use that to justify playing a class outside of the typical race, right? So a Goliath Bladesinger, for example, might have learned the art of blade singing when they were an elf. And now, after reincarnation, they still remember how to be a Bladesinger. They just need to unlock that power, and it's more difficult for them. Yeah, I like this as a way where you don't necessarily need to break the fiction of a particular setting, uh, but you can let players play like a mechanical subclass that they're actually interested in, um, without just being like, "Oh, you're you know, you know, the only one that the the monks allowed in and, and taught the ways, even though you're an outsider." Mm-hmm. Uh, canonically, this is, I think pretty much the only way that you can get in Eberron a dragon mark on a race that doesn't normally have that dragon mark, at least not in 4th edition. Um, Like, uh, for example, the Mark of Storm only shows up on half-elves. But if uh, you are killed uh, and then reincarnated, you keep your dragon, the same dragon mark, even if you're a race that can't have that dragon mark. Mm -hmm. Of course, if it's good for the players, it's good for the villains as well. So you can find that uh, this might be the perfect disguise for a villain, right? Uh you you might have killed them, but through their own machinations, they were reincarnated in a different form uh, to continue on their scheme. Yeah, perhaps a minor setback. Yeah, I think this probably happens a lot when you have you know a whole group of the heroes being reincarnated. It just makes perfect sense that like the villain would be reincarnated as well, and you need to like fight this battle again. I think that's also very wheel of time. But yeah, it's like a perfect disguise, right? Like you thought you defeated the villain, or the villain you know, barely escaped and is like, I really need to make sure that I can uh, go up against them uh, and they don't know that, like, I'm still out there alive. You fake your own death. Uh, And a reincarnation makes sure that you come back as someone no one can recognize. I like the, like, contingency reincarnate spell, (laughs) right? So it's like, oh, no, I'm going to lose. They could keep me alive and trap me and stop my plan. I kill myself. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the results on the wild magic table is if you die in the next minute, you are reincarnated. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I like to think uh, that NPCs could use this as like a bunch of druids have a witness protection program where like they all get together and they're like, okay, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to hide you to make sure that like, the evildoers can't find you or like we're going to protect you from this curse or like this witch who's looking for you. Um, just lie down on this table and we're going to stab you. Mm-hmm. no it'll be fine it'll be fine cool don't worry about yeah, it trust us yeah. trust us <laughs> but like what better disguise although i guess it's hard to hide a family because you just don't know if they're all gonna end up looking like they could be a family uh-huh <laughs> uh this also works because in fifth edition at least you don't need a whole body to reincarnate somebody you just need a piece of a body and like how often do the heroes kill the bad guy so thoroughly that there's not even a piece of a body left uh only in morning glory did we kill the bad guy bastion so thoroughly (laughs) 
Reincarnated can also show up in your game as a realistic way for someone to have eternal life. I actually don't understand why people who go down the route of lichdom or like becoming undead don't just start a reincarnation chain. Uh, like if you have two druids, you can just keep reincarnating each other when you get old. The spell has no restriction that it doesn't work on people who died of old age, which makes sense because like half the time when you reincarnate it is because you died of old age, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> well, it's because liches are inherently selfish. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, know, you need to and work like with another mis- another lich. Yeah, and mistrusting. But remember, the spell makes a healthy young body. Uh, depending on the, the wording, um, I think it used to be like a, a young adult body. I think now the 5th edition version says a new adult body. Uh, I guess you could say that they're not necessarily a young adult, but it certainly sounds like they're a young adult. <laughs> yeah, it's a new 50-year-old body. It'll be fine. I mean, you know, if you were going to die and you were 90 and you get a new 50-year-old body, cool. <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Noble families, it might be something that they do, right? Uh, rather than becoming vampires, you could have a line of nobility that every time they're about to die of old age just reincarnates. Uh, and like the outside story is that they're always adopting new uh, like people with promise. And, and of course, like it, it could be of any race. We, are, we don't discriminate based on, based on that. That's why we have a half-orc suddenly. I, I like that that implies that... Um the youth of this family wouldn't eventually wish to be rid of their parents. (laughs) Well, the youth are the elders, right? (laughs) I mean, sometimes. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe they kill off their kids. You don't, who needs heirs? Yeah. They don't naturally produce heirs anymore. (laughs) They're aired out. (laughs) Well, I, uh, reincarnated into a mule. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then also in many traditions, an enlightened or powerful person can remember their past life. So it's a kind of immortality, right? Like if you remember all your previous lives, then who cares if you die of old age, you just get to do this again and start over with like a new healthy body, right? You can continue the same work. Yep. All right. So let's talk about bringing back dead PCs. So one thing to remember about doing this mechanically, right? Doing it with a spell is that if you're running it by the book, the race of the new body is randomly determined. There's a chart. Uh, And in past editions, the gender was also randomly determined. This is probably what gives it its pretty bad reputation. Uh, Yeah, you could end up in an animal body. Sometimes that was a cool animal body. Sometimes it sucked. uh, And you couldn't actually do anything because now you're like a a badger. Uh, Again, acting like I can't do anything as a badger. (laughs) With four hit points. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it for very long. (laughs) I I think there were like... Uh, there was like a sidebar that was like, hey, you know, if you are like a 13th level badger, you should probably get some extra HP. <laughs> <laughs> and then you you ended up lots of times, especially when, you know, it was less mature groups playing. You got like this tasteless or sometimes inappropriate gender swapping. Like it's just like the, the girdle of masculinity slash femininity mm-hmm. where it's just like, hey, I just wanted to come back from the dead. I rolled like a different gender and now... Either I'm very uncomfortable with it and people are laughing at me because that is happening or like I'm going to use it as a like means to get laughs at the table. Right. So the key right now is if you're going to do this at a table these days, do not reincarnate against a player's wishes. Uh, You should really be getting buy in first when you are taking this much agency away from a player, right? Like you're 
changing their race, which is a pretty fundamental aspect of like who a character is. Yeah, and I think like one important part of this is even if you use the reincarnate spell on a player, that doesn't mean that they are going to continue to be a PC, right? So you might bring that character back from the dead, but that doesn't obligate that that player to continue playing them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't obligate them to be a part of the story going forward, right? Yeah, and if you are a character who can cast reincarnate, like the same same rules apply to you as to the GM. Like, don't just reincarnate somebody without asking the player at the table. Hey, do you want me to like do this reincarnation? Like, you re-roll your race. Well, I mean, sure you you can do it if you want to. Like, it doesn't mean I'm going to play that character next. You know, like that that's that's kind of the point, right? You're not obligated to play a PC. Well, definitely don't be the person who's like, hey, I, re- I reincarnate them when everyone else is like, uh, we were we were just going to raise dead. Yeah, <laughs> don't, definitely don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't jump the line on the. Uh... But I think this is part of like getting by, and like I actually really like the idea of an entire game world where there is no raise dead or revivify or resurrection all there is is reincarnate so like you know going in hey if you die the only way you can come back is you take your chances with reincarnate which is to say odds are you're not coming back because reincarnate's already a fifth level spell yeah but it'll be a while right uh and then of course i I think players should just have the option of staying dead Uh, this probably we didn't really mention this in the resurrection episode right but I mean, we sort of de facto play this at the table where people are like, nah, it's cool. Don't raise me. Like, come up with a reason why you're not raising me. But, like, Mm -hmm. I think I'm good with this character. Right. Now, in 5th edition, Reincarnate actually has some really great upsides. Like I said, you only need a part of the body, not the whole body. The body doesn't need to be intact. Yeah. And Druids can cast it, which means there's one more class that has some option available to you yeah and i think druids don't get any other way to bring people back from the dead until ninth level when they get true true resurrection Mm -hmm. i would say that if you have someone who can cast reincarnate in your party everyone should be storing body parts like a tooth or a finger or something in a safe location as insurance in case you get disintegrated by a beholder or swallowed by a dragon those are called phylacteries, and sure, okay. <laughs> they're unholy. <laughs> Look, my phylactery is uh, its in my desk drawer back at the tower, okay? So if I, if I don't come back, you know where to find me. Right. Um, the spell also doesn't have any type of long-term penalty. So you come back to life in a new form, but you have all of your abilities, your full HP, everything. Right, Raise Dead uh, starts you at one HP, so you're very fragile, and it takes four long rests before you're like back up to speed with no penalties. So, like in a pinch, hey, we uh, we're like standing outside the door to the BBEG's lair, and we're about to go in, and you really want to be at full capacity. Uh, reincarnate's the way to go. Is reincarnate fast enough for that? It takes an hour, but that's the same as Raise Dead. So, like, if okay. you can't revivify. Right. Um, then there's also a table for your new race. Um, but in 5th edition, the GM can also pick. So um, the thing is, like, rolling randomly can screw over a character, um, particularly if their new race is, like, kind of causes friction in the setting. You know, something like a drow or a tiefling in some settings are considered monstrous. And that's basically a death sentence. Yeah, it's easier in something like Eberron where you can kind of explain it away or, you know, Tolus or Planescape, sure. Nobody cares if you're a talking dire wombat, right? Right. I mean, I don't care if you're a talking dire wombat. Well, like, I don't judge. Once again, 
awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you get wombat armor. That's what I'm making you right now. Uh, it can also, though, like screw over a build, particularly in uh, non-D&D games or in like previous editions of D&D. Like, if you used to be a Dragonborn and now you're not a Dragonborn, but you took a bunch of feats or even like a prestige class that focuses on your breath weapon, it's just useless now. Whoops. That sucks for you. So I think the one way to deal with, or one of the ways to deal with that is to allow the player to retrain those feats that don't make any sense anymore. Um, or otherwise, like, get their buy-in that they're going to deal with this handicap, right? That they're now a 13th level character that is missing four feats because they were invested in this feat chain. Yeah, or like, I don't know, now your ancestral weapon doesn't recognize you anymore. Well, it's an ancestral weapon, so I feel like it should. It's a dumb ancestral weapon. <laughs> it's a racist ancestral weapon. So, yeah, okay. It's so a goblin it's, it's a slaying racist, weapon, yeah. and you have been reincarnated as a goblin. <laughs> And it's just having a lot of trouble. good at killing goblins. That's, I don't understand the problem here, Weapon. <laughs> it's just like a goblin to kill other goblins. <laughs> uh, so I do think it makes sense to, to make a new table if you want to do this randomly based on the setting you're in, right? So something like the uh, Talking Dire Wombat makes a lot of sense in Planescape and isn't a big deal. Uh, but obviously that's not going to be in the default table uh, for like Forgotten Realms. So if you can... Make a table that makes sense for your setting. It can make it feel a little more fair and a little bit more real. Yeah, and also, well, actually, there are a lot of ways to do this to make it interesting. Like we're playing Eberron again right now, so like I would definitely come up with a different table um, that includes uh, Kalistar, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you can have that conversation about like who's your quarry spirit if you're reincarnated as a Kalistar. Uh, are Warforged on the list? I think as a GM, that is, that's a big deal to think about. Is it possible to be re- reincarnated as a Warforged? And even just putting them on the list says a lot about like their place in the natural order. Or think about something like Dark Sun, uh, uh, where I think canonically reincarnate doesn't work. But if, for example, you have a setting where some races either don't exist or have been exterminated, like in Dark Sun, what does that mean if someone reincarnates a person and they come back as the only gnome in the entire world. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> you undid all our hard work. Right. <laughs> one good thing about this setting. <laughs> our one redeeming factor. <laughs> Sorry, did you just make a kender? God. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I'm glad if you reincarnate as a kender because that means I get to kill the kender. <laughs> I was the one who killed the last kender. Look, roll again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're dead. <laughs> We're going to need another hour here. <laughs> the other thing I've seen is have the player select like a certain number of races that they would be okay being or that they might find interesting. Put those on a list. Uh, then add the race that they were and then add GM chooses. And then they mm-hmm. roll on that list. So they're never going to end with something that like totally screws them or that they absolutely hate. Uh, but it could be that there's no change, and it could be that the GM still gets to be like, ah, I'm going to give you something cool and interesting that I like. So let's talk about some of the consequences of reincarnation. So obviously, we talked a little bit about this, but rolling a different race is a huge potential consequence. Yeah, on the mechanical side, you swap out all of your racial abilities and ability scores and stats and all of that and swap in the new ones for your new race. So 
in game, like if you are role playing this, think about what is it like to wake up in a completely different body? What abilities of yours are completely different? Uh, which ones are better? Um, is your eyesight better? Are you more graceful? What ability scores are higher? Which ones are worse? Uh, do you feel dumber? There's also things like innate magic. You might have a different relationship to magic than you did uh, in your previous race, right? Now, because you're an elf, you're suddenly more attuned to it. Right, or you've lost that ability, and now you have absolutely no attunement to the weave. Uh, and now the world is dull. It's it's gray. It's all gray. You know what? It's also very dark, because I don't have dark mm -hmm. vision anymore. <laughs> I can't see anyone. I think, right. oh no, my new form is blind. <laughs> no, he didn't, didn't turn on the lights. Uh, movement is another thing, right? Things like uh, like a tabaxi suddenly like so free flowing and and capable of like such graceful movement uh, and so quickly compared to a dwarf, right? Where you're stout and slow and low. Um, that's going to be a very weird wake up. Yeah, uh, if I was reincarnated as an Aarakocra, I would never walk anywhere ever. I would fly all the time constantly because why would i not do that because this is sick uh height differences uh this is this is the time when you can sort of play around with like how is your character adjusting to the fact that like they either can or cannot reach things on the same shelf anymore that their armor probably doesn't <laughs> fit anymore that like their reach with their weapon is different because the right. length of their arm is different right there's no mechanical like penalty for these things happening, but these are good things to explore to actually make it make sense that you are a totally different person. Right. Uh, age is a big one here. We talked uh, a bit about, but different races have different lifespans. So I'm pretty sure the way it works is like if you're a 400-year-old elf and you're reincarnated as a human, you're not a 400-year-old human because then you're just dead again. Go screw, right? Yeah. So you're you're now like a, I don't know, 40-year-old human or something. Yeah, maybe. You might be a 40-year-old human. You also could just be like a 20-year-old human, right? If the, the, the default is like you get a new body, well, you get a new adult body, right, is what it says. New adult right. could very well be read as like, hey, the moment that this race becomes an adult physically that is what your body is right so like if you're an elf who could reasonably expect to live another 350 years what is it like to even be a 20 year old human who reasonably probably only has 60 more years oh i understand why you guys are running around so much <laughs> trying to change the world <laughs> i don't have any time I was like, why do you sleep <laughs> just Go until you're exhausted. Wait, I have to sleep? <laughs> this is, this sucks. What a waste. And vice versa, right? Suddenly finding out that you have another 400 years to live. Right. But you have to do it as an elf. Terrible. Tragic. Look at my ears. Look at my ears. Did you know I can't grow a beard anymore? Yeah, Anywhere? No bummer. This, this, my awesome <laughs> facial hair is gone. So, that, was, that was me. I was a lumberjack. <laughs> now I can't cut down trees anymore. People give me weird looks. So I think it's also important to remember that you might be physically a member of another race, but you're not culturally a member of that race, right? Like you woke up as an elf. You weren't, you weren't raised as an elf. Like you don't have all of those cultural touchstones. So you might still be seen that way publicly, but you won't be able to have the same relationship to elves that, you know, a, a naturally born elf would. Right. 
they might even see you as some sort of like weird abomination, right? Someone pretending right. to be an elf. Um, we do the uh, playing as a non-human character series on different races. This might be a good chance to go back and listen to the one for your new race. Mm-hmm. And then you also have to examine your own characters, like assumptions or prejudices about a given race, right? So like if you felt that elves were like aloof and haughty and now all of a sudden you are an elf, like does that change the way that you feel? Does that change how the people you know feel about you? Yeah. Do wildflowers smell wonderful? Does that does that make you ecstatic? And now it turns out, wow, humans really do smell bad. They were right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a story about someone who was playing a ranger whose favorite enemy was kobolds, and they were reincarnated as a kobold, and then immediately mm-hmm. were like, no, no, I refuse, and like killed themselves. <laughs> and then we're reincarnated again as a kobold. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Look, it was meant to be. How many how many times do you have to get reincarnated as a kobold before you decide that like all right, I'm not going to kill myself. Like I've gotten it out of my system. It's time to be the best kobold hunting kobold ever. Right. Who knows kobolds <laughs> better than a kobold? <laughs> Well, I, I think that's that's a good segue, right? Because that's an important question of how do you feel about what you've been reincarnated as, mm-hmm. right? Like, do you feel that you've been trapped in this form? Do you feel that you are free from your previous, you know, trappings, that you're now more empowered, right? Like, that's the distinction between, like, an elf becoming human and a human becoming an elf. Right. Uh, we haven't touched on this yet, but, you know, this is sort of like a drastic way to, for example, cure a disease, or think about like um, certain kinds of disabilities that a character might deal with. I could see someone potentially questing for a reincarnate because it makes you a completely new body. Yeah, especially if that is like core to your identity, right? Like you are the two the two handed swords guy, and you have lost a hand. Like, I guess reincarnation probably isn't the uh, cheapest path to getting two hands. I mean, back, it's cheaper than it regenerate, right? It's True. two levels earlier. That's that's a little bit short-sighted, though. <laughs> For the very, very impatient elf. <laughs> but I could definitely see someone like, you have an incurable disease, right? I mean, there is removed disease. Uh, but, you know, there's always an argument about, like, what counts as a disease in fantasy settings. Yeah, or, I mean, like, if you're, you become a vampire, right? Or, uh, or like a werewolf or something like that. Things that aren't cured by disease because they're magically oriented. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, maybe you just, you'll just catch it again, right? There's a plague and it affects right. humans. Great. Maybe the best thing to do is not be a human. Right. Uh, it could be that you have, you don't feel a change, right? Like I could see certain characters, maybe high wisdom characters who are very focused on like knowing who they are as a person internally would m- maybe see like, oh, it's kind of like wearing new clothes could also just be that you are extremely happy to be alive and not dead and you do not care like what form you're right. in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just glad to be here. Yep. <laughs> uh, present, yes, present in voting. And then, of course, by way of like character arc, this can change over time, mm-hmm. right? The way that you feel about your reincarnation should evolve as you become more or less or um, differently comfortable within your new form. Yeah, some things will be immediately apparent, right? Like... Your eyesight is different. Your uh, your physical abil- ability scores, right? You are stronger than you used to be. But other things will take a while 
to sort of play out, you know, the way that, that people interact with you? How do your loved ones feel about the fact that you're now a hobgoblin? Right. <laughs> Turns out, that's my fetish. And then if you are the same race, this change might be kind of weirdly disorienting, right? Like, you're still a halfling, but you're still not you, right? Like, you're a different halfling. Like, your hair is a different color. Your eyes are a different color. You don't recognize yourself in the mirror, even though you haven't really, like, you don't feel different internally, right? Like, you don't, it's not that you're suddenly much taller or suddenly much shorter or suddenly have a better attunement to magic. It's just that, like, you're one inch different. Your reach is a little bit off. Your balance is slightly off, you know? Yeah, I can see that being worse, right? Because, like, with a drastic change, you'd be like, oh, weird, okay. Like, I can't tell uh, one shifter from another shifter, and I'm a shifter. All right. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah, know exactly. how things are supposed to be, but I know what it's supposed to be like to be a halfling and to be, like, me. Especially if this isn't your first reincarnation, <laughs> right? <laughs> like... <laughs> You've been through this a couple times. Like, <laughs> it's weird to go back. I mean, if you think about like the broad spectrum of just like all the different bodies a human being can have, right? Like, you could have a lot of these same issues, like height differences, and you know, knowing how your body is working, and all of that, with uh, like staying the same race. Especially if you right. if you're a race that can um, choose an ability score increase, or like you know. Um, variant human like picks two random ones you know and those can definitely change yeah and then I think if you absolutely hate your new form it can be an interesting short term character arc to be like "All right, I'm going to go questing and get this thousand gold diamond to reincarnate myself again because I just do not want to be here (laughs) right so before we go we should talk a little bit about the gender aspect of reincarnation because I think that is definitely given over to um, some potentially problematic pitfalls. Yeah, I'd say in general, don't do it. Unless that's the story that the table wants to play in the game. Like, obviously, definitely don't force it on a PC and don't play it for laughs. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, it's fine to change gender if, like, you just want to play, like, a different-ish character, right? But what you what you don't want to be doing is, like highlighting the comedy or the tragedy or the sexism basically of like swapping gender right note that the fifth edition spell doesn't reference gender at all anymore so i think you know going by like specific versus general it doesn't change it like you maintain the same gender but i think it's certainly an opportunity in the story of the game to play a character who like part of their like arc is wanting to change their gender and i think Reincarnate is probably one of the few ways to actually do that in game. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like I like the idea that like a character is so driven by their purpose that they barely even notice that their gender has changed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Like I whether I am the man or a woman, I am like the scion of my monastery. Like it does not matter. I am the chosen of my monastery. <laughs> like that is more important to me than what bits I have. Right. This affects my purpose in no way. Right, exactly. Uh, And then lastly, I would say you might want to think about legal ramifications. This can be thrown up as like a short-term roadblock, but it can also just sort of be fun in terms of world building. Like, how does this affect inheritance? You know, if you just show up and you're like, yep, that's my money. Exactly. (laughs) How do you prove your provenance as like, oh, no, 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 I'm I'm the reincarnated son. Right? Like, you don't have (laughs) fingerprints anymore. You don't have dental records. You have nothing. (laughs) What you have is like, 
a crazy druid with sticks in their hair who's like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I totally, I totally made him a kobold. It was awesome. <laughs> you gotta get. So that's the thing is, is you gotta bring like the, uh, uh, what what is that role in the acquisition sync book? Who handles all the legal stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The doc documents or something. Documenter. Like yeah. yeah, you you got to get a documenter <laughs> to complete all the paperwork when you do your reincarnation. Right. I have a notarized uh, certificate of reincarnation. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Look, we did this on the up and up. Okay. <laughs> I I went to like an approved reincarnation hospital. Yeah. Um. I even like this as like a, a subplot that doesn't actually involve reincarnation. It's just someone who's lying about it. But like in yeah. a, in a world where people can read other people's minds with magic, like it would be pretty hard to prove that someone doesn't know all this information because they are who they say they are who they say they are. Right, but it's also just like they truly believe that that is the case. Right. <laughs> all right. So to wrap up, Shane, have you ever played a character that was reincarnated? I actually don't think I have. Well, uh, keep waiting because it's coming. Okay. <laughs> Can't wait. Don't force a reincarnation on a player unless it's Shane and Ishin is doing it. Okay. Uh, how about you? Have you ever been reincarnated? <laughs> Only one time, long, long ago, uh, when we were definitely not mature at all, uh, and we were using a crazy reincarnation table. I think I mean, it was second edition, uh, and I rolled bugbear. I think I mentioned this before, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? I'm going all in. I'm a polar bugbear. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I'm now snow white and a bugbear. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, How did that go for you? Poorly, but all every game went poorly back then. Right. I'm pretty sure the, the fighter days. then just like slaughtered everyone once we hit level seven because he was bored. <laughs> 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 so I didn't get to play out long-term uh, repercussions, but I liked <laughs> it. Great. <laughs> you, uh, you played out the most immediate repercussions, which was that you granted XP as a bugbear. <laughs> 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 all right. Do you hear that, Ishan? Yeah, that's the sound of my feet, uh, making noises while I walk, because I am now a giant clumsy human and not a small, stealthy halfling. It's terrible. Also, my stomach isn't rumbling. Also weird. Well, let's fill out the rest of your stat sheet as we move on to the Character Creation Forge. But before we do that, let's talk about how our listeners can get in contact with us. We do love hearing from you. You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's M-U-N Dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Sends Carne. That's Malice minus Meat. And you can tweet at the show at TPTCast. You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.TotalPartyThrill.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at TotalPartyThrill. And don't forget to join the conversation on Discord. Link in the show notes. So this week, Total Party Thrill is brought to you by D&D Beyond. It is the official digital toolset and game companion for Dungeons & Dragons. Yep, you can use D&D Beyond to build your characters, track your campaigns, run your adventures. Now you can even use it to build encounters. You can use it to hand out homebrew items that curse your players, because ha 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 ha. Mm-hmm. You can use it to look up the reincarnation spell, just to figure out if it's really worth it for you. Hey, the table's right on there. Hey, you <laughs> can make a homebrew spell that is reincarnate, but with a different list of races that you roll. D&D Beyond also has lots of awesome content for free, like the D&D basic rules and articles from great writers like James J. Heck, and awesome videos from people like Todd Kenrick. So they're always updating the site with new features, and improvements are always coming. So check out more at dndbeyond.com. All right, Ishan, I'm not going to attempt to mispronounce this word, so why don't you tell us what we're doing in the Character Creation Forge? This week we're building the Bodhisattva. Uh Uh-huh. 
And what is the bodhisattva? So depending on uh, which religious tradition you subscribe to, uh, it's different. But for our purposes, the bodhisattva is someone who is basically ready uh, to move on to nirvana. Someone who has essentially achieved enlightenment. So somebody who's high-rolled it, basically. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Okay, cool. Wisdom 24. Uh, But instead of moving on to the next life, they have decided to stay behind so that they can help other people also achieve enlightenment. Okay. Uh, Our Bodhisattva will be doing this in non-traditional ways. All right. Well, what's the build? It is Lorebard14, Sun Soul Monk 6. Okay. So from Bard, we'll, of course, get Inspiration. We'll have Jack of All Trade and four Expertises. Where are we putting those? Wherever you want, really. I think probably Insight... Uh, is a big one but in terms of that i would choose things that you find interesting to be able to teach other people uh religion religion uh, and maybe arcana i think will probably be useful Mm, okay so you get things like cutting words now cutting words we usually use as like a bard insulting someone else to give them penalties i like the idea that you are actually uh giving advice to allies to give them bonuses so that enemies miss or uh or saying uh, something that is disconcerting to your enemies, but definitely true. Okay. <laughs> You'll also have counter charm to help your allies resist the effects of charm, and song of rest, which gives you a little extra healing when you rest. So, in terms of spells, the important ones here: uh, you get raised dead as a bard, and then from magical secrets, you can pick up reincarnation from the druid spell list. You'll also want to grab gentle repose from the cleric. And once you're at level 14, you can pick up Word of Recall uh, from Cleric as well. And we will explain exactly why later. So for Monk, you get Martial Arts, Fast Movement, Slow slow Fall, Deflect Arrows, all those cool things you expect someone who's very enlightened to be able to do. And then as a Sun Soul Monk, you'll get the Key Blast, which lets you throw fire, basically, right? Yeah, yeah, basically throw fire and and some some radiant energy. Yeah. So... The point here is, uh, yes, you are shepherding people towards enlightenment, and you will do that by talking to them um, about their their feelings and their you know inner selves. But you are also capable of casting both raise dead and reincarnation. You are one of the few people who is able to do this, uh, and so that means that you are able to send people out on eclipse phasian missions. Because when you reincarnate someone from a tiny part of their body, it doesn't say anything about what happens to their the rest of their real body. It's still there, which means if you have a corpse, you can pull a tooth and reincarnate with that tooth. They now have a new body. Great. You, have, you can do that with your entire team and send them out on a mission. You all go back out on a mission. A terrible, deadly, suicidal mission. What happens if they all die? No big deal. You just raise dead the actual body and they still remember everything that happened because it's the soul that comes back. This is... (laughs) So... (laughs) Has anybody considered the ramifications of using multiple body parts to reincarnate somebody multiple times before the the follow-on has died if we just fork people this way? Uh, I like the idea of this. I think that requires some homebrewing because reincarnate only works if the soul is free and willing. So if the uh, soul's okay. already in a body, then I don't think it. I don't think it can. Uh, you can pull it out. Good. <laughs> uh, now, the word of recall uh, as your capstone ability is 
Uh, it teleports you and up to uh, five people to a safe sanctuary that you have prepared. Where else are you going to store the, all of these corpses? And of course, you will want to gentle repose all of them so that you can eventually raise dead them because that's only good for 10 days. <laughs> so you just have cold storage back at your temple. You're going out on crazy missions. And you know what? It's fine if everybody dies because okay. that's how you're going to learn. Uh, it's through multiple lives and multiple deaths is how you finally break the cycle and achieve enlightenment. Wonderful. I think. <laughs> All right. So in terms of leveling order, I probably want to get like 10 levels of Bard, then take our monk levels, and then finish out Bard. Yeah, that lets us uh, get reincarnate and raise dead as quickly as possible. Yep. All right. Before we wrap up, we want to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Your support is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show every single week. So if you'd like to learn more, you can check out our rewards at patreon.com slash totalpartythrill. You can also leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you do that, we will read your review on the air. And we're catching up a little bit. These are back in June, so. This is Great Work on the MCU, five stars, by Nail Simmerhorn. As usual, great work, guys. The podcast I recommend the most. Another interesting system for superhero-style play that is not mechanics-heavy but allows for flavor is actually Phoenix Dawn Command, superhumans with a very superhero-focused schools for the Phoenixes. It's an interesting campaign world, too, if you're looking for worlds to explore, and it's not like superheroes aren't constantly coming back from the dead anyway. Uh, I don't know why we didn't mention Phoenix Dawn Command in an episode about reincarnation. That is a mistake. <laughs> We but also we should have it. mentioned it in, in uh, the MCU. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, we got it in, in the review section, so right, it's still there good. There you go. Uh, Keith Baker's Phoenix Dawn Command, the way that you gain levels is by dying. Yeah, you have to sacrifice yourself to get more powerful, but you have a limited number of chances to do that. After the seventh time, you're gone for good. Right. Uh, I do really want to play in that sweet spot of like level six. <laughs> mm-hmm. That sweet spot. <laughs> All right. What do we have planned for next week's episode? We're talking about ambushes. And in the Character Creation Forge, we're building the Cloaker. Well, that's it for episode 214 of Total Party Thrill. I hope we lived up to our name, but either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening. Total Party Thrill is also brought to you by 1985 Games. Dungeon Craft is a new book filled with cutout game pieces that let you create an engaging world for your next campaign. Put down that marker and use the pieces from the book to craft your world in real time. So this is a spiral-bound book with basically cardstock, and on it is printed full-color uh, tiles that you can cut out, and they're double-sided. So you've got like rivers, trees, caves, buildings, monsters, dragons, chests, spiritual weapons. Yeah, all the little tokens that you wish you could have on the table that like accurately reflect where things are on your grid, all that stuff, you just pull it right out of the Dungeon Craft book. And then just stick it on the battle map that you've already got or like uh, some of the uh, like tactical maps reincarnated as well so you can customize them. Mm -hmm. I also love that you can flip them and the reverse side usually has a, a version of the same thing but slightly different. So a tree or a tree on fire or a tree in a different uh, season. Yeah. So you simply cut out the 1,000 plus terrain pieces in the book and place them on the map to use them. They don't stick. They aren't permanent. You can reuse them, save them, store them, whatever you want to do. So for more info on Dungeon Craft and a pledge for your copy, go to www.1985games.com.